Hey, welcome in. Welcome in. It's your boy, it's Kyle KP, the trash man. What's the other one? There's one more. There. Ah. <laughs> the way you said that just, just cracked me up. I don't know why it did. <laughs> if you're new here, welcome in. This is the Oh No Disc Golf Podcast with your boy Kyle Peplinski, as always, here again, welcoming you in to the show where we talk about disc golf and things around disc golf, our lives, and random shit. Eric usually starts off with a random tangent. He's my best friend in the entire world, and he doesn't sleep very well. I told you that in confidence, Kyle. My random tangent for today is if you bring your dog disc golfing or to a disc golf park, pick up his poop, please, or her poop. Just pick up up your dog's poop. It's worse than trash. True story. Also, when you're hiking, too. Yeah. Also... Most places you're supposed to leash your dogs. I understand that like most dogs, you know, they're good or whatever, but I'm sorry. Please leash your dogs too in most places where it's like applicable. Because if your dog's good, great. But if my dog doesn't like other dogs and he comes running up to my dog on a leash, it's not going to go well for anybody. Right. And like, I. And then we have to deal with that. I don't. Right. Like, it's just too easy for him to be like a. Uh, five dollar foot long, you know, too e- too easy. He's I don't know. I think Bandit can hold his own. Um, <laughs> he's almost been murdered before, but okay. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. What make doesn't kill you makes you terrified of bigger dogs, <laughs> or or littler ones, smaller ones. PTSD, maybe. If you can't get enough of this wonderful, sophisticated comedy, you know, just Wednesdays, which, oh, it's not enough, obviously. Check us out literally everywhere, but mostly on Instagram lately. I'm doing fun things on there. It's the best place to follow Colorado Cleanup as well. Starframedisks.com. That's starframedisks.com. Go there and use code ONO to get 5% off. They have discs and disc golf apparel. Use code to let them know we sent you over there. Also, 5% off. Why not? Teespring is still a thing. <laughs> Go buy merch there if you would like. Use code ONO to get free shipping if you'd like. If not, I mean, that's perfectly fine as well. <laughs> we have a wonderful episode 37 for... <laughs> Look what you made me do. <laughs> I gotcha. We have a wonderful episode number 36 for you today. First, we're going to hear about some trash talk with the trash man. We're going to talk about the last national tour of the disc golf season, the Music City Open. And for our top five, we are going to break down what we think are the most important elements in course design. Dramatic pause. <laughs> so it's been what? Is this your second week or third week? It'll be your third week of the Colorado cleanup. How's it been going, Kyle? 
third week of Colorado cleanup. It's been going very well. First week was just me. Second week, we had nine people. Third week, we have gained our first collaborative, like, sponsor support, I guess, whatever you want to call it, however, however you want to phrase it. Teamed up with Trash Panda. Teammates. Who is also... Yeah, who is also a, uh, uh, what do you call people from here? Coloradoian. Sure. A native. Nope. Not a native. Nope. (laughs) Non-native. I don't know. Person who's from Colorado. (laughs) A Coloradoian. Is it a Denverite? No. Why would it be a Denverite? Denver? Maybe. Denver idiot? I don't know. Denver. A Bronco. We call them Broncos. We're both Broncos. <laughs> Sometimes the thing I things the things that happen, man. Okay. Um Okay, I think I'm done. There is a chance that you could actually listen to this in the morning before this Colorado cleanup because it's this Wednesday. We're at Farringer Park. I don't know if that's how you say it. Maybe it's Farringer, but it, I say Farringer. So I'm going to say Farringer at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. So if you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, put in some headphones, find out where Kyle's at, go help him clean up some trash. Yeah. Because the first eight people that show up will get a free Trash Panda Mini. If you haven't watched him making them on YouTube and seen him posting about them, when he puts them up for sale, they go fast. They're like gone within seconds when they hit them hit the website. So they're highly sought after. I feel really lucky that somebody would you know, he's super generous dude. Really, really nice guy. We have a lot of the same mindset when it comes to not only just like disc golf and like how we want the sport to grow, but just like, you know, in the environment overall. So I think it was a pretty, you know, fast friendship there. A lot of the same mindset. And he is so good at disc golf. It's insane. Blows my mind watching him throw. Um, Also just like, you know, the opportunity to like potentially make a disc out of, you know, the trash that I find and stuff is really like a dream come true for me so kyle's also on the lookout for an action figure in the trash so he can mount it to the claw yeah so if you have like a a good action figure you feel like sending me or like something that you want to uh throw onto claw vision if you have any candidates you know hit me up on instagram oh no disc golf a lego skateboarder would be really cool you know so it looks like he's kind of grinding the claw i'd take a dinosaur dinosaur yeah That'd be cool. Or, you know, if you're in the Colorado area, just uh, figure out what course he's going to and then go throw a dinosaur action figure down in front of him so he technically finds it picking up trash. Yeah, the stipulation has to be, it has to be a bit, you know, kind of trashy. Yeah. So, like, if maybe you found it or, like, you know, it's like a secondhand toy or something. Yeah, don't go out and buy a brand new action figure for him to throw it on. Please don't. Yeah. Let's throw away the packaging. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, just throw it on the ground. <laughs> People are horrible. But how many uh, bags of trash did you find last week or fill up approximately? You don't have to. Yeah, it's difficult because 
Depends on what size trash bag you mean. Nah. We got we got two that were from the park service that were like human sized. No. <laughs> it was crazy. Like body bags. They were huge. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say human sized. They were huge like, you know, <laughs> leaf bags. Big big outdoor leaf bags. <laughs> they definitely weren't made to fit humans in. <laughs> Okay, allegedly. That's all I have to say. And now we're good. <laughs> Nothing else matters, allegedly. So you, did you fill up one of those leaf bags? Two of them. Two of them? Uh, pretty, 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 pretty Yeah, very full. Dang. And then probably like four or five other trash bags just like completely full. And then like a, a weather tech mat. A floor mat and then just like some other random you know bigger things yeah they were just like what what the heck is this doing here right. <laughs> yeah. yeah if you are a weather tech floor mat like send me 10 bucks well, <laughs> <laughs> just selling the trash well <laughs> don't even really, like i'll just give the money right back to oh no it's not <laughs> i don't want the money i'll just buy more claws with it more and trash bags claws you never have enough trash bags. Starting this, not this coming week because I don't have enough claws, but coming soon, the trash tags will, each tag will be a claw. and For picking up trash. For picking up trash. Yeah, just a... Uh, Clarify. Lobster claw. <laughs> I'm giving away lobster claws. <laughs> You can pick up with, trash. With tag numbers on them. You can pick up trash with a lobster claw. I think you could. Oh, I was just going to talk about the community a little bit. Oh, okay. Community. Yeah. Like the disc golf community overall. Mm-hmm. Just how generous and how much everybody just wants everybody else to succeed because they know that there's room for everybody and that we can all grow the sport together it's there's not really another sport that has you know not been dominated by big brands like disc golf you know it, it just it's a down-to-earth community still which is really fun just a bunch of really cool people so just glad to be a part of it and thank you for allowing us to be a part of it i think uh daniel chambliss from first flight disc golf really really says Talks about the community well in the episode with him that we did. That's true. Talking about how how easy and how great it is to kind of team up with different disc golfers for, for projects together. Collaboration is huge. Yeah. While we're talking about the community, I quickly want to say how much the community has rallied behind Big Germ after him getting his bag stolen. Right, he had what, like two thousand dollars that morning. Yeah, yeah, it was. He woke up the day after, and he had, yeah, I think he said seventeen hundred dollars in his Venmo. You know, offering him to, you know, help him buy discs. Now he's got up to five thousand dollars donated to him, and the five thousand dollars is towards a reward for any information on how to find it, because a lot of the stuff in those bags were discs that even if he finds the exact run exact replica of the disc he throw through it's uh never going to be the same because of memories or something special on it it's more worth it 
sentimental value than the disc is actually worth. Yep. And then uh, if there's nothing found, I think he said half of it's going to U-Play. Like Dustin Keegan and Zoe Andyke or Zoe Andyke. And then there's one other thing. And then he's going to use the rest to buy some of the replacements that he'll be looking for. Like certain runs of certain discs and stuff like that. I know the one disc he said he's really going to miss is like the this AVRX3 that's just like perfect for him. But he said he's like, I don't think, you know, it's almost like James Conrad replacing Greeny. Like, you know, he might be able to throw a disc the same, but it's never going to be the same ever again so right but yeah how just how how supportive they are of of one of the top pros and how close you know it how close we are to the pros is is crazy yeah it's you know when he gets on live you can just you could get a message and he could read it Mm -hmm. like it's it's a real you're right there with him essentially and he's one of the biggest pros on tour yeah He's definitely probably going to be, I think, one of the busiest coming up with, you know, it's just going to keep building. So he's going to get more of those ESPN jobs along with all of the commentaries already doing. Right. Yeah. Just the entertainment value that he, it's like a, it's like a prowess now almost, you know, it's like he has character and ego around him almost like an aura. Graphic design too. He makes a lot of logos. He's uh, wow. made a lot of the pros t-shirts too, like the t-shirts they wear on tour that you can't buy anywhere. Just try and get him to make a logo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's expensive, but sell a kidney. Yeah, yeah, worth it. Yeah, but if maybe if I sell enough trash or like, you know, you know, find enough trash. If you're thinking about, you know, if you're looking for a disc golf community, the easiest way is Facebook or Instagram. Just start adding other disc golfers and figuring out what's in your area. Usually all disc golf like groups have, have some sort of a Facebook page that you can start to follow along with leagues and tournaments and all the stuff they're doing. So it's really, really easy to become a part of a disc golf community. One thing I forgot to mention in the, if you pick up trash at your local disc golf or in your local community, it could be anywhere, like a Walmart. Tag Ono Disc Golf. Maybe I'll send you some stickers if you pick up, you know, some good trash and make me happy. Don't pick up bad trash, only good trash. True story. Oh, dude, I need to pick up more stickers. Well, Kyle, I hear you found a new toy for disc golfing, or a new tool, I should say. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Definitely one of the newest accessories that I've picked up. Friction gloves is what they're called. They are made for disc golf. They're gloves that you can wear while you're playing. They are not like... I was expecting them to be like more grippy, but uh, they are actually very comfortably similar to the grip feel of a human hand, which is kind of nice. So... It's a pretty simple and easy transition from uh, not wearing a glove to wearing the friction gloves, I would say. Uh, not seamless. It does take like practice and getting used to it, but better than any other glove that I've tried so far. I do have the summer versions. I'm going to have the insulated versions on the way. You can use code TRASHPANDA over there 
and get yourself 20% off like I did. Thanks, buddy. I think they look weird, but to disc golf's all about what works for each person, so. They do look weird, don't get me wrong, but my hands are constantly freezing, so kind of need them. Quickly, before we move over to the Music City Open, I had five people show up for Leagues in the Rain, so that was really exciting to me because I didn't think anyone was going to show up. I sat under the pavilion, and cars started rolling in, and I got I got super, super excited to know people were still interested coming out in the not-fun weather. Yeah, that was, that was all I had to say. I shot horribly, I'll say that. Really bad, but... Yeah. Oh, that's one place where the gloves really shine. So they maintain your grip. You don't really have to use a towel. No. I don't even, my grip wasn't even really that bad. I think I was just afraid of my footing so much and slipping that I wasn't thinking of, I like, my head wasn't clear. I was also thinking about was slipping. And so gotcha. I think it was more, yeah. I'm a person that I really struggle with my grip when it's wet. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I have a, enough towels that I'll usually just, take a towel and I'll cover my hand and disc with a whale sack underneath and step up and throw it really quick. I'm already a person who moves pretty quickly on the tee box once I get on the tee box. So it's not like I'm sitting out there letting the dick, letting the disc get wet or anything. So didn't, I don't, I don't know. I think I just played bad, you know, one of those days for sure. Moving into the music city music open city open. It is the last of the national tours, um, last disc golf tournament of the year. That's not like a championship. Crying noises. Mm-hmm. Heading into the off season soon, but we have a lot of, still have a lot of good disc golf to watch before we, before we hit the wall. Sad music here. Yep. Small violin. This is not one I remember a whole lot about. Like, I don't remember it from the past years. I don't know if I just didn't pay attention as much or if this is the first year kind of. I was just sad that the season was over. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a smaller tournament, too, right? Not this year. I mean, it's a national tour, but it seems smaller than than other tournaments. But I know some people, like even Eagle said it, that he didn't really put a whole lot of care into the national tour points. So he would rather skip this to this tournament and then just keep, have more time to kind of prepare himself for the championship. So makes sense. Yeah. Looked like a fun wooded course, though. Yeah. And it was on two courses, which I always like that. And I always like four days of disc that. golf. Yeah. Uh, first two rounds were on the wooded course and then they moved over to the more open one. Wow. Mm hmm. I mean, and it's, it was still like, it wasn't like, you know, completely open, but it was, it was a temporary course too. Oh, really? Yeah. The second course was completely temporary that was just put in for the tournament. So, but it was exciting, exciting tournament. It was a lot of back and forth. Uh, some of the people who shot really bad round one ended up making a comeback and getting up there towards the top course. The first course looked a heck of a lot tougher than the second course did. I mean, just if you watch like the Jomez practice rounds, even they show how how tough tough it is. Maybe they picked out like the ten toughest holes. I don't know, but uh, there was what I think three, two or three holes that didn't have a birdie on them. Like on one of the days, I know eighteen. I don't think got a single birdie. Wow. On on the first course, and then uh, I want to say it's number two or number three. 
barely seen any birdies, which is pretty, pretty crazy. There was some rumors, I guess you would say, that the PDGA didn't put a whole lot of work into keep like upkeeping the course. Like they didn't do go through the normal things they do to upkeep a course as well as they didn't do a whole lot to kind of advertise. They didn't take a whole lot of time to advertise that there was a tournament there that day and to get like people kind of excited to see it. So that was just kind of caused some drama amongst disc golfers. Just for the people who showed up were upset. Uh, No, just I think uh, the people I heard talk about it was Paul McBeth, Brody, but just like I know Paul likes a crowd. So, you know, he kind of I think he wanted to see more people there. And then I they just don't I don't think they like quite took care. I think the main thing is he didn't take they didn't take care of the course the way a national tour event course should be taken care of. Gotcha. By Saturday, by Sunday, the crowds were looking pretty big. So. Maybe it was just a Thursday thing. But anyway, top three for MPO. Coming in third was Adam Hammis, the sledge. Big ham. At 31 under. And then we had... Oink, 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 oink. We had a tie for first (laughs) after the fourth round with Ricky Wysocki and Mason Ford at 32 under and... I don't even I don't even know how to say it because I don't want to cause any like I'm not obviously talking down to Ricky, but it didn't look like he tried at all in the playoff. And I've watched. If it I so did many that, times. but I would say I had poor effort. Yeah. Um, so and obviously you know he do, he he doesn't need to prove anything, but man, that was not not Ricky like at all. But he looks like one of my putts. No, sir, your putts. Yeah, yeah. It's like a knuckleball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, there's there's a lot of things that can go into it, but it's just not it's not normal for a guy who's hit a billion putts. Yeah, and long ones like putts that nobody else would be like going for. He hits them to it. Just, there was it looked no like wind, a, and it was flat, and it, it was just looked like only. A it was so weird. Yeah, so it's like, did he know the situation? Yeah, I don't was know. he laying up? Yeah, he's so used to match play from the the weekend before, right? But congratulations to Mason Ford. I think it's his yeah, first. solid victory. Yeah, not take nothing away from the victory. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's his first really big win, so that's exciting for him. And plus, he was winning most of the rounds, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was at top after round one, and then he was kind of like right up there for round two and three, um, and then just lost a few strokes to Ricky coming into round four. Like that's hard to do. Yeah. Well, Ricky came back from a again. I'm not talking he was down on to tear. him, but he did pretty bad for Ricky things round one. So um, he really, he really came back. He shot course record round three, wet twelve under. And, yeah, just tore it up out there. What happened with FPO? FPO. Oh, FPO. We didn't see a lot of the big guns, or the two main big guns at the top much. Um, they had some off off rounds for sure, but it was still a lot of back and forth, uh, a lot of scoring rounds, and then people dropping back with uh, over par rounds. Uh, rounding out the top three was Macy Valdez, which I 
honestly, I feel bad, but I don't even know who that is. So I'm pretty excited to check her out and see what she does. Not like that. That sounded horrible. Coming in at second was Sarah Holcomb at 12 under. She's, you know, we see her at the top a lot. And then Haley King takes home the win at 15 under. And I think after this, we can crown her the king or queen of national tours. She won three of the four national tour events that she played in. So that's a... That's pretty dominant. There's to- there's a total of five, and she didn't play in one, and she won three of them. So that's just, I don't know. I don't know how you dominate just a specific set of, of events like that, but she has it on lock. Wouldn't you say, Kyle? I would. And we're wrapping up fire rounds. Hey! Kyle won. And on October 9th, when he comes to visit, I have a trophy for him. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. It could be bad. It could. It's going to be horrible. It's just like a poop in a jar. Yes. Yes. I guess. Yeah, sure. I don't know why that was my first thought, but. (laughs) Uh, Yep. Moldy sandwich. No, poop in a jar. <laughs> All right, top five. Count us down. That's the title of the episode, right there. Poop in a jar. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Top five. five. <laughs> oh yeah. Huh. That was easy. That was. It's always. It's always so easy. For our top five today, we broke down our favorite things to see in a course design. Things that can make courses really good, really well, really fun to play. There you go. Enjoyable for every level of play. Um, Starting with number five, I said fast greens and Kyle said variable greens. I like all the greens to be fast because it really changes how you approach the end of the hole and i think that's what's important kyle said variable i, I like variation to every aspect of course design so i don't like the idea of doing anything for everything i think that's too much too heavy-handed i don't know i just uh i like to see people running putts that they absolutely shouldn't be running because the disc is going to go flying away because the green's fast. And that's what I want to see because I'm really good yeah. at laying up. <laughs> People, yeah, but then you see layups. <laughs> no. Yeah, because if it's a not, like, if it doesn't make mathematical sense to run it because it's such a hard or difficult, you know, green on top of a difficult hole, like, you're going to see layups. Nope. People like to see people run things, which is why you need to set up opportunities for a little bit less difficult greens. No. Everyone we are completely at odds here, but that's fine. You're wrong, and that's fine. I could be wrong, too, and that's fine. I don't know about you, but I pretty much run everything. I was just kidding about laying up. I just try to run things and then they don't because I, I pull I pull Ricky's. I'm gonna start calling that 
pulling Ricky's. I'm trying to run it, but it didn't do that. So I I actually know how to run up not or lay up now. Uh, lately, I've been either either like 100% going for it or 100% laying up. I don't have like a halfway run anymore, which is something I struggled with. So, I mean, I feel like you still need a halfway run, you know, like those. I can make this, but I just want to also get close in case I miss. You don't have that at all? No. Okay. (laughs) All right, then. What's number four? Either I'm hitting chains or I'm, you know, six feet away. I'm not, not, I don't have long comebackers, barely ever. Anyway, what? What is number four? (laughs) Multiple shape. Multiple shape. <laughs> My partner has the same, you know, writing level as uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It was just this picture of a box. I'm just kidding. It's one shape, though. Yeah. It's a shape. There, I changed it. Multiple shaped fairways. So... Again, with the variation, you don't want just a bunch of hyzer holes. You don't want just a bunch of, like, you have to throw this line. You want some open aspects, some tight lines that you have to hit. But the overall idea is to maintain variation in uh, how holes are set up from front to back. It's really important to have multiple different shapes um, of the fairways because you want to challenge the forehanders, the backhanders, the right-handers, and the left-handers. Um, if you build a course that's all righty-hyzers, lefties are going to come there, and if they don't have a forehand, they're not going to shoot great. And, like, there are some fairways that seem fun in concept but are also like bottlenecks for tournaments. You see that sometimes. Yeah, I think uh, actually at the music kind of figure that out along the way of a course life too. Yeah. That's not something you can actively usually plan for. You might be able to like think about it and like kind of think, you know, it might, this might be a bottleneck, but yeah, it's tough to know before it's played. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like at the Music City Open, I can't remember what hole it was, but it was causing up to like a three card backup at some points. Yeah, and there's and there's some courses where that's like the standard, you know. There's just holes that have backups. But that's disc golf and it's but it's poor course design, really. There shouldn't be a hole that causes a massive backup. Yeah. And each if player there gets three is... minutes to look for their discs, so if you're able to fix that, if you're not, then just do your best to not not cause those backups. Right. There, you, uh, you can't fix every problem. It's you know, there's some unwinnable unwinnable battles, but you pick your compromise. And yeah. Pick the best available, if possible. Yeah. And then tweak from there too. Never. I don't. I don't think a t- course should ever be 100% done. You know, there should always be options. Just like anything, you should never be 100% done. You should always be evolving and trying to better yourself. True story. Which I think brings some courses me, forget that, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the Pro Tour ones, 
are always changing a little bit, you know. I think I'm MVP open like local courses. Oh, I think that's just uh lack of people interested in doing the work or uh not interested in doing the work but not allowing them to do the work for insurance reason reasons. Right. Anyway, moving on to our number three, we put varying hazards and natural over manufactured OP. So just a lot of different things that can get you into trouble, rather it be you're behind a wall of bushes or you got to throw over water or just anything that can kind of cause a problem for your game. Yeah, I like incorporating like old uh, walls like that were built for like something else, but now can be like an obstacle for your course. Like yeah. Maple Hill uses it really nicely. Yeah, so just... uh anything that can yeah can cause can cause issues in your game um and we also just prefer where when you throw a bad shot you're stuck behind a bunch of stuff rather than you have to take an out of bounds stroke and throw from a different spot also the uh ob or hazard shouldn't punish good shots oh yeah that too forgot yeah, to mention that that also the natural ob versus manufactured you know natural ob is just a really thick woods versus manufactured is like uh using a parking lot as a ob pool so it's it's just kind of or just like marking it off in the grass like this this is ob for no reason yeah the grass one's hard because if you don't pick good enough stakes it's can be kind i know they got usually those big white poles but sometimes it's even even hard to see um exactly yeah because when it comes down to like an inch it's like oh well is that it uh, let me get out my ruler because we're we're the officials so the, the call is on us or like you I know card mates need to bring so. a ruler into it because all everyone has to just look at it and decide quickly if that's op or not that's pretty easy yeah, i i give it three seconds if i think it's you know i uh, it's it, if it takes longer than that, give it to the player. Benefit to the player. That's that's how I run it. That's how the rules are listed right now at the moment. So I think you you're allowed more than three seconds. Well, yeah, no, I, I, oh, I know. Okay. I'm just saying. I was like, I don't but know the benefit to the player thing. About three seconds, yeah. Benefit. No, to the I, that's just my. Uh huh. Yeah, know, no, it, I get it. Yeah. We yeah, don't need to be causing it's... any more time. Right. If I'm if I'm if I'm he him on it. It's it's going to the player. Mm-hmm. Hit us with our number two, Kyle. Guarded basket locations, meaning trees around the baskets. Bailey has the best basket locations I have ever seen. They are fantastically placed in between some like rocks. Check out our Instagram for some pictures of those. Just a beautiful course, but uh, so like, but uh, right next to water, uh, there's just a lot of different lo- basket locations that you can choose that are more fun than on a flat surface in the middle of whatever. You know what I mean? Or how do you help. feel? How do you feel about the mozzarella sticks that are coming up? You like those? That's pretty guarded basket. Yeah, they're they're at West Creek, the course that I play all the time. 
Oh, they got mozzarella on one sticks. Hole. Yeah. Dang. You guys got a bunch not, of fancy bad. courses. Yeah. They're not bad. Well, I just, you know, we were talking about manufactured OB versus natural OB. It's kind of manufactured. And they have, yeah, it's they have manufactured Mandos, too. Yeah. I mean, Which, that makes sense a little bit, but sometimes yeah, but not all the time. It's such a wide open course. You shouldn't need You have to do something. I get it, but. Mandatories. It's such a wide open course. Are you, anyway. are you saying for or against it? Against it. It's oh. in the that one thing that I sent you. You should try not to have Mandos if possible. They're confusing to new players. They're unless it's like, but literally, there's no other way to do it. As far as the confusing to new players goes, they can play it however they enjoy it. I mean. You know, if they're enjoying not worrying about the Mando, then when they go to try to get into a tournament. Sometimes it's a player safety hazard as well. Yeah. So, you, like, you have to do the Mando. And if they don't understand that, they throw it the wrong basket, hit somebody. So, it's both, I guess. Uh, but then the basket shouldn't be there if there's any other route. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So... Anyway, there's just a couple different courses in the area where it's like that. Like the basket gotcha. shouldn't be there. Like the course shouldn't that 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 shouldn't happen. So, anyway, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, right. Uh, so anyway, that's just course design in general. Uh, but so <laughs> we were talking about guarded basket locations. Yep. So how did I get talking about Mandos? I was asking about manufactured guarded baskets. Mozzarella sticks, and you said, "Well, there's manufactured oh, Mandos." Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Well, it's just kind of like the same thing. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's like a natural Mando. Essentially, you have to go around the ma- mozzarella sticks to get to the. But basket. it's not natural, quote unquote natural. It's like the same thing as having a tree. It's just it's wood. I don't know. Okay. What, what's, what's not natural about that? I know it's like a person put it there, but like I don't, I don't know. It's just like because it's such a wide open course, it needs something to make the basket location a little bit difficult i get it i don't know sounds like you're pretty wishy-washy dude uh, anyway this is a, it's a course that has no i mean there's like two basket locations that have trees in the way other than that there's no trees like you have to have something in the way otherwise it's just open field that's so boring so okay. i like the idea that they you know put some manufactured obstacles in the way but i don't like don't... how they did it because they put each one like right in front of the basket. That's it. So it's really stupid. But at least there's something. No. All right. Anyway. Sorry. Long rant for no reason. Our favorite element when it comes to course design is elevation change. It's fun to throw up hills. It's fun to throw down hills. It's fun to throw over a hill. And then it's on the baskets on the other side of the hill. It's fun to throw at a basket on a hill or like, yeah. you know, on on the side of a hill. It's, it's all over. Elevation it, makes everything so much fun. Yeah, it just makes everything interesting. Um, when you got the big downhill shots, it just it makes you feel good about yourself because you threw it farther. And then when you're throwing uphill, I don't know. It's just every, everything about elevation change is just fun. Most of the signature holes that you can think of in disc golf have some element of elevation change. Yeah, I do think elevation change makes it more picturesque because then you can kind of get different levels. You know, like 
you're standing as high as the trees so you can kind of see over the trees and right it's a view yep look up just look up the whole one of mvp open i'm sure most of the people listening have seen it but there's a whole one of bailey lots of elevation change there and and just in hole one and it's just such a pretty pretty sight look up some of them at beaver ranch too those are beautiful i just got cast city where i throw off a giant hill not a giant hill but a hill that's a good hill good hill and that was our top five course design elements yes that today we had a little trash talk with the trash man we talked about the music city open and we broke down our five favorite elements that goes into course design if you liked this content you can get a whole bunch more on instagram facebook twitter tiktok youtube check us out on patreon we have our merch over on teespring and we have an affiliate. Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to say that again. <laughs> you going to leave that part in? <laughs> Why? I just <laughs> lost. I lost energy. Did you hear it? I just went downhill as I was talking. <laughs> I'm not going to say that again. Yeah, I don't care. Just leave it. Thank you guys for joining us for episode 36. Check us out next week for episode 37. Yay! Because that's how numbers work. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. What was my what was my thing? If you're on a boat, on a plane, on a train, taking a shit, playing Thank disc you, golf. You beautiful fucking people. Thank you, you beautiful fucking people. I've been putting that on Instagram a lot, so if you want to see some beautiful people content, hit up the Instagram, Ono Disc Golf. Eric hit us with the Ono Disc Golf podcast theme song. Hey, he nailed it. Have a good uh, weekend or week or whatever. Whenever you listen to this, fuck. Have a good day. Uh, thanks for uh, listening to us knuckleheads fucking talk for a while catch you on the flip side